1: Yo and hello everybody and welcome to the 100th episode of the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast. I'm your host Mike. With me today is my original host Andy. Can you believe 100 episodes of this show?
2: I must say, I cannot believe that you have been allowed to do 100 of these episodes.
1: <laughs> I um, can't believe I have either. I have to I tell will you say
2: that your dad. 100 percent nailed it with the intro. It was true then. It's still true now, but somehow you have made it, man. So congrats.
1: I guess I've been swimming out of the shallow into the gene pool for 100 episodes now and uh, working my way here. I tell you, man, it's been a fun journey. I've had so many great guests, so many, you know, collectors and and just so many knowledgeable people on the show, yourself excluded. Um, But it. It's just been so much fun. That's the only thing I can say when people say, how's the podcast going? I'm like, I'm having a blast with it.
2: Yeah, and that's that's what matters,
1: right? It's totally what matters. There's a guy I want to bring on. I'm going to bring on a lot of guests tonight, guys. Uh, I apologize if my lighting's terrible. I don't care. This is a podcast. So if you're watching on YouTube, it doesn't really matter. No one wants to see my face anyway. But so many great people that have been a part of the show. We have a few of them. They're going to join us tonight as we talk through just stories and fun and all that but there's one guy andy that we have to blame for this podcast
2: well i would like to have a word with you
1: well here he is you can ask him whatever you want now
2: Hi. first off hello ty secondly how in the world have you let mike do a hundred of these episodes
3: (laughs) well we do things like hide his face like we're doing tonight Well, that helps. It's the only way it works, which by the way, why, why is there no lighting in your house? You would would think after a hundred episodes, you would know you have to have lights for a YouTube video,
1: not in the normal spot. And I'm really winging this, but, uh, Ty, tell everybody how the conversations that we had early on in the bench clear media, you know, life of bench clear media and, and how this came about. Do you remember?
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I vaguely remember the first time you brought it up. Like, hey, Ty, what do you think about me doing a vintage bo- podcast? I said, well, why would you not do it? And I don't even think you had a good answer. It was kind of like, well, I don't know. I guess I, I guess I should. I don't know what to do. What do I do? where do I go? And it was just, I think it was a simple conversation of, hey, le- let me lay the groundwork of how you actually do a simple podcast throw it on all these different platforms and go. And and I don't think you really stopped since it's just been week after week after week for two years. So. Yeah, that
1: was totally the truth. I had no idea. And if I would have known how simple it was, I would have not been so intimidated by it, but I really was. And, uh, you helped me get over that and just go, dude, just do this and off you can go. Um, And I really appreciate that because this has been a great outlet for me and hopefully for my friends to come on and chat about vintage, which is, you know, I don't know that there's another event. There might be one or two now vintage podcasts out there, but it it was uh, at the time, you know, relatively groundbreaking. I don't know how (laughs) important it is, but there are a lot of people that have uh, enjoyed this podcast. So I'm grateful to you, Ty, for helping make that happen.
3: Yeah, well, I think it's funny because baseball collectors, obviously, it's it's your natural at that. But I think your natural habitat, true natural habitat, is the Vintage Podcast. It's just so easy for you to talk hours about vintage and interview people. It just was a perfect fit. and Yeah, I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner. It should have happened sooner.
1: Yeah, well, here we are, and we're on our way to, you know, Many, many more. There's no no chance of this stopping anytime soon, as far as I'm concerned. Um, you want to hang on a second, time? I want to bring some more folks in. Or are you going to take off? Yeah, go for it. Yep. All right. I want to bring on a guy who has been on several episodes. He's one of my really good friends and Andy's really good friends, and he's a great guy in the hobby, JT Triple Crown 24. How are you, man?
4: I'm living the dream, Mike. How are you?
1: You sound kind of under the weather. Or is no, that I'm not on the floor. I'm just, That's puberty. I get it. Okay.
4: Yeah, when you get to be, you know, my ripe old age, you, you move a little bit slower, talk a little bit slower, just slow down a bit.
1: Gotcha. Hey, Andy, we're we have two guys on right now that are full time card dudes.
4: That's crazy.
2: Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but that's that's pretty cool. That's not often that, that happens on, especially on this podcast, right?
1: Right. Uh, and JT's contributed several episodes talking about being, uh, God, what all have we talked about JT, uh, several different things being a full time, going full time. And then you interviewed with Ty talking about that too, on bench clear as well.
4: We've talked about trading, by the way, anybody got any trades as we start off today's show looking (laughs) for some (laughs) trades. Um, yeah, in addition to that, I feel like we just kind of go with the flow. And that's that's the really fun thing about this podcast is that, I mean, we could just sit down and talk about vintage baseball cards, record it, and put it up there. and probably just be hopefully as entertaining as what we do when we try to structure it out. But uh, we've we've covered pretty much the whole spectrum, but there's always still more to talk about or topics to revisit. So it's been a lot of fun.
1: One of my favorite episodes that we did was uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint, where we kind of talked about how it, what it is to be a collector, that it takes a long time to build a collection. And. I know Andy's had a lot of time to build a collection, too, and Ty, and so many guys on here with so much experience It just it doesn't happen overnight.
4: No, it doesn't. I mean, you see collections like Andy's and you just don't get those two dozen cards in the span of a few days like that. It just it doesn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) But no, yeah, I I really enjoyed that episode, too. I feel like for every like 10 episodes that we're like, oh, we should do an episode about this, like maybe one that we actually like sit down and then record. But that was one of the ones that came to fruition, I think earlier this year or late last year. And I had a lot of fun with that. I think it's important, too. I always hope that when we sit down to do this, you know, we'll take our shots at each other. I think we've already got our quota in for our jokes uh, at each other's expense for this episode probably already. But hopefully people take away something other than just the the entertainment factor or whatever else they may tune in for.
1: Anything you want to ask uh, JT, Andy?
2: Well... Hit me up after the show for some trades, JT. And I'm sure you can probably say the same to this, but how many conversations have we had with Mike where at the end of the conversation you're like, man, we should have recorded that. That could have been a podcast.
4: Quite a bit. I mean, we kind of we, we mostly shoot from the hip when we're doing this these episodes where we're just kind of talking about whatever comes up as the conversation flows along but yeah there's just so many things that we come up with and i know there's times where like mike and i will will say something and all of a sudden it's like you know we should do a podcast on that and then maybe it turns into that i know that even when i've sat down to record my own show a few times i go on youtube first thing i see is a new golden age and it's the same topic i'm like gotta be kidding me maybe that's just great minds thinking alike, or two brains trying to put together one thought but whichever way it may be you know there's a lot of uh a lot of great vintage topics out there to explore that we've we've definitely talked about privately too well ty's
1: gonna kill me when i say this but jt you know this and all the guys know this i don't do notes. I may have one or two bullet points of what I want to do an entire hour on. And what happens is during an episode as we're talking about, you know, the topic du jour. I will start making notes and questions I want to ask and things I want to dive deeper on. And I don't do that. And Ty's like, when Ty and I do stuff and we would do on the fly, he would be taking, you know, we would literally sit down and go, all right, what do we want to talk about today? 10 minutes later, we hit record and we're recording an episode. So, I don't know if I've turned Ty more into the just do it off the cuff or, but, you know, Ty's a prepper. He likes, you know, all his stuff is so well manicured and so nicely done. So it's just different. And that's how we've always done it. And it's, it's worked out pretty well so far. Um, who do we want to let's see? Who do we want to bring on next? Let's bring in a guy who was on a very early episode that we talked about Dodgers cards do you remember that, Josh? Rated rookie. Right. here?
5: The early days. Yeah, that was a great one. Um, yeah, I've just th- been thinking about some of the great times we've had staying at your house in Texas, and I swear to everyone, it has lights. And you also <laughs> introduced me to a uh, peanut butter whiskey, which I think Andy was there for, too. I've never even seen Sorry. that before in L.A. Yeah,
1: it's good. legit, isn't it, Andy? It's good. good. <laughs> Shockingly good. Because- <laughs> yeah, you could drink yourself into a stupor on that one. Um, and, Josh, we've been to many shows together, all of us here. I've been to card shows with every one of you guys on the, on the screen now. And uh, card shows are just one of those things that I wish could be better formatted for a podcast. But it just doesn't work. It's just sounds right. So, um just experiences right with your friends and going and doing things and everybody does something different i mean josh your collection is absolutely off the hook amazing and you collect differently than i do in some aspects and very similar to me in others you know but that's what's cool is you make those connections right
5: yeah likewise man and it's cool when i look back on a few cards definitely like that leaf Babe Ruth. i'll have that memory of us picking those up together and it's cool to have these kind of memories that tie you know our, our groups back together
1: I got to tell that story. Uh, the Ruth story, the 49 leaf Ruth, Josh was looking at one at a Dallas card show. I think Andy and maybe even JT were there that weekend. Uh, and we were looking at this card and we're like, Josh, dude, you need to get that and encouraging him. And he ended up buying it. And then we found another one down the road down, uh, or in the show later on. And I was thinking about it. I thought, Thought thought about it overnight. We went to dinner that night or something. And Josh was like, dude, if you don't buy that card, I'm going to. And so I ended up buying a 49 leaf Ruth as well. So we had a matching pair, right?
5: That would kind of push you over the edge because you were kind of wanted to. And then, you know, you you had a little bit of FOMO where you're like, okay, if I say that, Mike's going to lock it up. And you got a great deal on that too. So
1: Yeah. Well, and yours is prettier, but they're both, weren't they both ones like That's PSA right. ones? Yeah. But Hey, when you're talking a 49 leaf Ruth, who's going to argue? Um All right. Let's bring on, cause when we'll just have this whole Motley crew here. Craig, you have been on Craig Halbig is joining us. Professional dealer, amazing collector. So Craig and I talk more before and after an episode, probably than anyone. Like we'll sit. If, if a podcast is going to be 45 minutes to an hour, Craig and I are talking two hours, total two to three hours. And he's showing me stuff because
6: it, it's just so much fun to talk to another collector. Right, Craig? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fun. Uh, happy uh, 100th episode here. Appreciate uh, being on the show. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, collecting, telling stories, you know, like the past uh, podcasts that we've talked about. And then you and I get into our own swapping back and forth the stories and the cards and it's just uh it just fuels the passion for for collecting you know and for me uh collecting buying collections uh doing shows it all just kind of mixes in so it's it, you just can't get enough so it's it's a blast for those that don't know out there the
1: podcast has <clears throat> i don't know closing in on half a million views and listens total over its 100 episodes and Craig's is the most listened to and watched episode that we've ever done was the first one that we did. I think it was during the pandemic when everything was, you know, crazy hot and everybody wanted to hear about vintage and all that kind of stuff. So do you have a story you want to tell Craig real quick?
6: Well, I, I, you know, I enjoy talking about collections uh, that I've been fortunate enough to buy. And I always keep a little bit of uh, memorabilia about sometimes about some of the people that I bought the collections from. And I have a, I actually got a couple things here. Um, this is now Shelton. I don't know if you can see that picture of now or not. Uh, they did an article back in 1979 on now. And uh, they, this was back in St. Louis, Missouri. They had a little collector's club. It was actually a pretty good size called St. Louis cards. And now started collecting back in the late 1940s. Well, long story short, my banker who, has loaned me a lot of money over the years, buying farms and doing different things, always told me about his uncle now. you know, I always thought, well, this guy's, you know, probably got 1988 Donruss and, you know, uh, all that stuff that uh, usually we find when we're looking for a collection. And, you know, I didn't really get too serious about it until he kept telling me about it. And uh, years later, he'd passed away <clears throat> and his family had this collection and he wanted me to go to the warehouse to look at it. And I'm like, the warehouse? and this is probably 45 minutes away from where i live and long story short um i went over there with my friend and this giant warehouse was full of vintage sports cards uh game used jerseys every complete set he had the gaudis the leaf he had hockey football basketball baseball had one of the bigger collections anywhere in the midwest and a lot of his stuff was just untouched i mean it was immaculate um and it was just it it was a great collection it took me months and months spent a lot of time with the family uh you know going through the cards pulling out some of the key stuff getting it graded and uh, for me it was just exciting i mean to be able to look at a collection like that and uh i'd go into this i mean it, it was. it's beyond i have pictures i mean of everything in the beginning it was just so overwhelming uh, but there's collectors like that out there uh, back in those days that collected they collected everything i mean he had all the pennants, you know, he had pennants, he had autographed, everything. on He had every Cooperstown induction bat from when Cooperstown started. Uh, he had uh, all the autographs you could fathom. Who knows how many times he had Satchel Paige, Mantle, I mean, DiMaggio, then all his complete sets. And then he'd have like, you know, they had thousands and thousands of extras of every year from the fifties all the way up. Uh, it was just, it was amazing, but he was he was one of those guys that set up at the national. You know, whenever the national was back in St. Louis, when they first kind of started the national, uh, Mimi Alangi was another guy. He was a scout for the Cardinals. He was also president of that St. Louis cards, and I, I kind of got to know his family and got an opportunity to buy some cards. And long story short, I ended up buying quite a few cards from Nallan's collection, but those collections are out there. Uh, you know, you just got to get a lucky break, and I know for a lot of a lot of people, and like for me, when I'm on social media looking, you always see somebody show. I'll, I'll show you. I bought a collection. Just another quick one. Um, this cigar box, and I save everything. This cigar box was full of 1933 Gowdy 1934 Gowdy 33 DeLong set. It had all the wrappers, diamond star wrappers, um, and then also inside that was this little powder box. And it was completely full of 1932 orbit pins. So I ended up getting the unnumbered pins all graded. It had the number one PSA registry, And I'm not I'm not bragging on this, but I've been fortunate. I think it's fun to share because I don't get an opportunity to share that stuff. But it's really cool to find. And this collection was, you know, it was in a family. And a, an auctioneer had it at an auction house. And he was going to sell it. And I was fortunate enough. He was probably an hour and a half away. I went over and uh, looked at it. And I, and I ended up buying it in the... Uh, the whole a set was great. And in each one of these collections, I, of course, as a collector, it's so hard, you know, to decide what, and we all, I think we all have that. What am I going to keep? You know, when you spend a lot of money, sometimes you can't keep it all, but uh, just, there's, there's so much excitement in, in the hobby when you can get a chance to go look at a collection or buy a collection. I think that's kind of that same thing. You know, when you go to card shows, you know, who's the dealer that's going to be there today, or maybe somebody that doesn't do that many shows, maybe they've got their, uncle's collection from the 1950s and they've decided to set up for a show. So, uh, you never know, but for me, that's kind of, uh, I wanted to share that because it's, it's, to me, it's exciting. There's always that, you know, we always like to go on that hunt for a collection or, you know, those, uh, those old cards that we're looking for. So, uh, but a lot of, and, you know, now, and he had a lot of his sets in the original, in these original tops books, so he'd take them out of packs and he'd put them right into these. So the cards were virtually untouched, except a lot of them had the, you know, some of them had the little place on the corners where they had them in those books, you know. So, um, but anyway, the stories uh, are always fun to share. So, uh, just a little something I thought I'd share with share with you guys and with the, everybody out there listening. So, you're making all
1: of us drool.
6: because <laughs> We would all probably. Josh probably would have just walked over
1: him. He'd be like, nah, I don't need any of that stuff.
6: Uh, yeah, it was just unbelievable. I mean, the complete sets. I mean, he had like even the basketball, like his 57 Tops basketball sets, 61 Fleer basketball. I mean, they were just – they hadn't even been – they were just untouched, you know. Of course, got them all graded, and and they the grades just were immaculate. And at the time, you know, pre-war was the, the way to go, and I called Bryn, and he – you know, they auctioned a lot of them off on eBay, a lot of that really, really high-dollar stuff. But uh, it was just just to be able to see that stuff and the Heartland statues and just anything and everything you could fathom had just boxes and boxes of just baseballs from the 50s and 60s still in the boxes. And you, But collectors back then, they collected everything. It didn't matter what it was. If it had anything to do with a the sport, they hoarded it. And whenever this guy passed away when they went to his house to try to get everything out it was just like tunnels in his house of just all the cards and all the stuff and so you know hopefully i won't ever get that bad but i know a lot of times we, we keep buying and keep bringing it home and uh hoarding it i guess you could say but uh, it's just it's just a lot of fun so
1: i've lived that when we went to oklahoma city and or up uh tulsa i mean and we bought a collection for chasing cardboard that was literally an entire house of cards. And you're just like, where do you even start? But Craig, thank you for that. That's awesome. I'm going to bring in two guys now that kind of go together, George and Don, because, man, we did a series of episodes, the three of us. I don't think any of us thought that people would actually care what our favorite sets from the 50s, 60s and 70s were, but Man, such such popular episodes. I still get people commenting on that those episodes and just how great they were. So, Don and George, welcome. How are y'all doing?
7: Good. How are you guys?
1: Good. George Good. is muted. He doesn't want to talk to us. So,
0: come on, George. Thanks for having me, Mike. Now that I'm unmuted, I can just start yammering on. <laughs>
1: Good to see all you guys. Wait, just go ahead and mute yourself back, George. We don't need to hear anything. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> How did we come up with that idea, Don and George? I don't remember if we just started talking about it or the idea of going through the, the each of those decades. Uh, well, I from I mean, what I remember, I think you uh,
0: you kind of told us what you wanted to do and invited us on, and we kind of just, you gave us, uh, what was great was, you just kind of gave us a general idea, from what I remember, and, and kind of just let us run with it. And, uh, you know, that kind of creates more creative kind of conversation about the cards. Uh, and the same thing that you said. I've had so many people uh, comment to me about it, and just like they they really enjoyed it. And I mean, we're going to have other guys in the show here. You are who who commented about it too, uh, Chris from Missouri, and you know, just it's it's it was such a cool thing to do. And and eventually moving it through the '80s, even. Don, yeah, what are I think your
7: right, George? I, I think it, George is spot on. I'm sure your idea Mike, but. The great thing about those episodes we didn't tell each other what we were going to show what was our least favorite and favorite sets so it was all it it was all new to us as well and uh and i think we surprised a few of the guys on i remember i said i didn't like the 55 set you two almost had a heart attack wow i said i I couldn't
0: disagree with you more
7: (laughs) (laughs) right But I think what we all agreed on is we loved them all. We were forced to pick one that we liked the least, pretty much. Um, and I think Dylan and a bunch of guys just did an episode kind of, yeah, I'm going to say it, copying us. <laughs> but we actually, we uh, I think we encouraged that because we said, hey, it'd be cool to see other people's favorites. But that was... Um, I've been on with Mike a few other times and with George, but that was definitely the best. And I was having withdrawal because I pulled out of the 80s because I just, you know, that's not my wheelhouse. I didn't have enough knowledge and I was jealous being left out, having <laughs> withdrawal symptoms.
1: Yeah, it's so much fun just to share stories and and especially what you like, like Craig was telling us about what he did. Josh has things he likes. JT, Andy, all of us have these you know, little pockets of collecting that we love, that we get to share. And, and ironically, when we were going through each of the decades, we had a lot of similarities and we had a lot of differences. And I think that's good. That's that's okay. And it, you said it perfectly, John. It's not like I hate any of the sets in the 50s. I'm not going, oh, I don't want to own that it's you had we were you kind of like let's pick a favorite or a couple favorites a couple least favorites and uh just really ran with it it was so much fun um and i just wanted to say
0: to kind of piggyback along with what craig was saying about buying collections and and the more that you kind of go through and purchase collections and handle these old cards and you know uh, I bought different collections at different points too and and uh, not to the extent Craig did but you know you're you're going through and you're handling like the 65 set and you look at that back and see that blue back and it's a really well-made set you know and the more you are exposed to all these different cards especially in a raw format and handle them whether the 33 Gaudis or their 55 Bowmans or 65 tops you really kind of get an appreciation more even more for them and even looking at the commons you know, just started going through the 56 top set that Don likes so much. And just looking at the commons are so it doesn't have to be a hall of famer. They're all beautiful cards.
1: Totally agree. I'm going to make this a just, we're just going to start making this like, look like Hollywood squares, you know, um, (laughs) golden age episode edition. We got Chris from Missouri, John Keating from that seventies card show. Um, and we all have in common, except for Craig, who's right in the middle. He's the Alice of our Brady Bunch here. Right? Um, and if y'all don't know what that is, then you need to <laughs> go watch Nickelodeon or something. But uh, all of us create content in our own spaces, right? And we all collaborate together. We all do things together. John has his That 70s Card Show. Chris just started a YouTube channel, which I think is great. Probably, Chris, you would agree from encouragement from many guys on this screen right
8: oh no kidding no kidding i <clears throat> i wouldn't I, I say this all the time i would not have done one had had i not talked to you first and then and then just right after i did one or two uh the, the big ugly guy and i'm talking about don there um, donny live stream he reached out oh, george <laughs> <laughs> but he don reached out to me first uh, just after one or two videos, and and uh, it just uh, amazing. And then they get, uh, you know, I watch I watch George do some of his stuff, and I'm like, he he and I think alike. I mean, it's just I mean, he knew Rusty Staub. Nobody in my town knows who <laughs> Rusty Staub is, and you know, and and uh, and then you know, I just started watching John and uh, just the radio voice that he has, and I just. I now binge watch channels like that and, and I w- wouldn't have been able to do it with, without encouragement from, you know, everybody here. And then, and especially, you know, you pushing me off and getting me started.
1: Well, I'm glad to do it because I think the hobby's better for it with you making content and our hobby is better for it. Cause we all make these connections. I remember when I met John, uh, was it online? week or like through Hobby Hotline? I think John we first met. It was on Tinder. Yeah, <laughs>
9: <laughs> the first time, right?
1: <laughs> Sorry, Julie. I
7: apologize.
1: She's all right. She knows that's not true. But uh, when John and I met, it was this instant. At least I he probably didn't feel it, but I felt an instant connection with him because of the way he collects, the way he thinks. I love your snarkiness, I guess, uh, similar to Dave and I, your humor is awesome and I get it. I get a lot of the dad joke references and everything. And so, uh, it's just, I look around this, this room right here of all these guys. And I can, I have these memories with each of you that are so special to me. And I just want y'all to know that, that y'all have all been a part of this journey for me and it's just awesome. Um, who wants to tell a story i don't know this is story time so anybody can jump in now
9: you know mike real quick uh congratulations on 100 uh shows um, you've been a big influence on all of us obviously but it's kind of like a safe place for in this hobby this hobby is like the stock market and uh you know i rest you know I just need a safe place to go where I can talk and listen and not worry about any of the nonsense that's going on constantly. So I appreciate that. Um, and most of us or all of us that have been on your show, it's just a matter of just talking back and forth. There's no pressure. So that's that's all we like to do is talk about cars. Um, with that said, you did pressure me into doing something once. And uh, 1982, I stood in line for Richie Ashburn autograph uh, on a 62 tops. Last that's the last time I stood in an autograph line until 19 or till 2022 for you for Whitey Herzog. So uh, I wouldn't do that for anybody. I had a 40-year span where I didn't wait on anybody, and I did it for <laughs> you. So I uh, appreciate you, and obviously you gave me my first uh, 51 Tops Redback uh, as a little as a little reward for staying in line. So. There you go. That's a quick autograph story. I still don't have the bug. I won't have the bug. This is the last time I'll wait in line for an autograph. Um,
1: Until I need another one.
9: Until you need another one. Yes, sir. <laughs> and does anybody else think JT sounds like we used to sound when we'd call into the school to say we couldn't come into school and we were acting like we were our parents' voices? <laughs> does JT sound like that to anybody else? JT, say something for me. Say, say no, John will be
4: yeah, you're definitely I just had my first voice crack since there you the last go, time man. I went, that's me so. calling into
9: the office when I was twelve years old saying I John won't be in school today. <laughs> <laughs> just had a flashback, man. Congrats, and why is why is Andy always facing away from the TV? That's a that's a question, a burning question I have for uh,
2: Well, I I like to have a game on in the background in case you know, my gets a little too boring and I can discern <laughs> it. Yeah, my Party.
9: dog, my dogs like that too, Andy. You got to turn the TV on. I like it too, because I don't have to listen house.
2: to
4: Andy. I
9: can just
1: watch the game. <laughs> you can watch what? the you well mean, Don, you're yeah. too
9: cheap to pay for a subscription. That's why you like it.
1: Right. I when I t- chat with Andy all the time, like, all right, what game's on? You know, I'm always asking him. And uh he'll be watching NBA or you know, football or something's always on, and it's uh hilarious. At least he's not distracted by it. Right. Like he's not looking directly at it because if he was John, we wouldn't he would, you know, be like, What? What'd you say? Do you think he's not looking into a mirror right now?
2: I can well, I can see it.
1: Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) That's not stupid, man.
9: City
2: Thunder. They're introducing the players right now. I can see what's
9: going on. He's smarter than you, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) He's watching in reverse. Yeah. Everybody's left-handed in Andy's world because he's looking he's watching through a mirror.
1: So I want to bring up a topic that's that I know we all love and that's the national. Uh, is everybody here going to be at the national raise your hand. Not that podcast people can see it, but George, what do you, you better raise your hand, George. It's, I'm a hard, I'm a hard baby. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. I got to see what's going on. Um, I would love to go. I went to my first one last year. Uh, it was great. Cause when I wa- I walked in one day, and there's Chris, and he walks up to me and he's like, I gotta shake your hand. I said, What? He's like, I love your channel, your channel's great. I want to buy you a drink. Are you going to the YouTuber's place, YouTuber's <laughs> mixer? I said, Well, if you're buying me a drink, I am. No, I was already going,
8: <laughs> but uh, That's that my was best like pickup line, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it's, it's maybe, um, but you know, uh, it's just it's so much fun. So, you know, all the guys watching it, like you always say, Mike, you get you have to go to the national. It's not just it's not really it's the cards but it's it's the friendships it's all the guys you meet just like you know all these guys right here
1: Yeah it's totally that way for me uh I love the cards right the cards are awesome but man hanging out with you guys is so much better
8: Thursday nights the best time of the of the whole show is Thursday night I mean, because if you do get to pick up the card, you get to show it to one of your friends on Thursday.
9: Do you guys have a, a card in mind already, a targeted card for the National? Anybody? That's a no, huh? Good, good
8: question, John. Yes, a 53 p Reese uh, in action card, Bowman.
9: Bowman color, huh?
8: Yeah. I got it, had it last year for for about 10 minutes.
1: I don't know. Uh oh. I'm getting some feedback, but is it? That's actually, I don't know if it's still going or not, or if it's me or what. Well,
9: mute everybody one at a time, Mike. 10 you're back at the got AV here. club
1: in high school. Yeah, I'll mute. Let's see, till we figure it out. <laughs> What if everybody mutes until they talk? Okay. Is that better? Yeah, it oh, is. I think it's just too much, too many audio signals all trying to jam into StreamYard here, and it gets a little bit confused. But uh, I really want It's a, all the uh,
9: artificial hips in here. It's causing interference. <laughs> artificial
1: hips. The, yeah.
9: the titanium is... It's all is... the titanium blocking the uh,
1: metaverse. <laughs> except for JT. He doesn't man. even... He does doesn't we need somebody it. to push us around,
9: man. We need somebody to wheel us around the National this year.
1: It'll be JT. JT's going to take turns. Uh, the card I'm targeting is going to be uh, a 53 Tops Willie Mays is what I'm looking at.
9: I'm looking for one of those too, man. That's not fair.
7: I'm looking for a lot of stuff. I just can't pull the money out of my wallet for it. Yeah, good point. George, I don't think George slept the whole week we were at the National. George is one of my roomies. He was up to five every
0: night. Hmm. It's It's a lot of fun with all those cards, man, and all the guys. I mean, it was just too much stimulation. I think I slept for like three days after I got back.
9: Would you guys get together without the national? Would you guys, do you think that the national has to be a part of that? If you guys spent a week here, a couple of days together in some place, would you still have that buzz? Do you think?
1: Well, if you remember when the national didn't happen in 2020, we did hobby Palooza, which was a way to virtually hang out. I think that if, there was no national. First of all, we all probably wouldn't know each other as well. Honest. Like I met Josh at the national the first time I met Josh and I met Andy at a national the first time I met Andy. So I met Chris the first time at a national. So (laughs) the reality is without the national providing this wonderful opportunity for us all to get together, how else would that magic be created? I don't know. Um, It doesn't happen the same at regional shows or local shows. Um, it's much more confined. I mean, we've got Oklahoma, Ohio, California, Tennessee, uh, Arizona, Missouri, Philadelphia. I mean, how many states, nine states represent nobody's in the same state. Nah, John and I are.
9: Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Different, different coasts, but the same state. Yeah. Yeah. So there, what's your, uh, what's, what's your. You guys are going to the Burbank show coming up, right?
1: Me, Andy, and Josh are, yes. Yeah. Right.
9: So I mean that that's a newer show. Are there any other shows? Have you ever thought about the Strongsville show or anything like that?
1: Would love to do that show. Nashville, I wanna do. Okay. Um the Philly show's a good one too. I know the Philly? All them Billy there, but Strongsville show is
7: a great vintage show.
8: Yeah. It was there last year. We plan on going again in March. I always thought that would be a great one to get the vintage collectors in in the hobby world together. Yeah, for sure. Just that's a, that's a destination place for me.
1: What if we called it vintage stock
8: 2023 and we
1: go to Craig, have you worked, have you set up at the Strongsville show before you're muted? Hold on, Craig, you're muted. I'll, I'll unmute you. Hang on. And then I'll mute
6: myself. Yeah, I I had the chance to set up last year, and it didn't work out. So I think – I'm thinking that show is the same – possibly the same. Is it in March? Yeah. It is. I think it's the same weekend as the Nashville show that I'm doing. I
7: think it's like the 13th, 14th, 15th, somewhere in that area.
6: Yeah, I think it might be the same weekend. So I'll be at the Nashville show, which I did last year, which was a lot of fun. Uh, But I'd like to do that Strongsville show. I just – since I'm going to be in Nashville, I've already committed to that show. I'm not going to be able to do it, but – that is the, I think as far as for vintage, a vintage card show, that is it. I mean, that's the one. So I look, I'm looking forward yeah. to maybe doing that next year. I need it, that the dates work out right. It felt
7: like it was about ninety percent vintage walking yeah. around there. It's yeah. not a huge Good show by any means, but no. the quality is great.
6: Yeah, they're pretty particular, I think, on, you know, who's doing the show and and everything. But I know it's been a really successful show. Everybody talks about it, so. If yeah. you got
9: half the tables, another sh- a big, a bigger show has, but they're all vintage, it doesn't matter. You don't have to right. wade wait, wait through right. all the mess, yeah. right?
7: Good point. Right.
9: How about Toronto? Anybody ever want to go up there? I think there's a, if you're into OPG, that's the way to go, right? I got to head up there.
1: Mike, you're muted.
7: Go hang with Mike Canadian Cards.
1: I think going to Toronto would be great because they wouldn't, it, obviously, vintage baseball isn't as popular, most likely. And so you could probably, get some better deals. Yeah, Craig, do you, I, I want to ask Craig if he's worried about, if he goes to Strongville, I mean, you're a vintage dealer mainly. Do you worry about the fact that everybody else there pretty much is vintage and there's more competition versus when you go to say Dallas and you're one of the only pure vintage tables that are, that's there. How does that play into your decision process?
6: Well, I mean, I don't think so. You know, I mean, like you said, I mean, <clears throat> I haven't done the Strongsville show, so I'd say there'd probably be, you know, as far as setting up, there'd be a lot of competition. But from what I understand, it it's just packed with vintage buyers and and collectors. So, uh, you know, and you got to be kind of selective. I know for me, I mean, I've got a lot of cards, but you know, you start doing two or three shows before the national, it can really, really put a dent in your inventory before you get to the national. I've got two booths at the national this year, so uh, you know, I'm just starting now I mean I'm trying to build up my inventory and pull stuff out and get ready today I was sorting I had a 5,000 count box of 64 tops and I was sorting those so I'm always trying to get everything in order and get everything ready for these shows because I usually sell a lot of cards whenever I go so it, it'll be uh, you know the the nationals there's a lot of a lot of dealers there but um, I've been doing it for several years so a lot of times the collectors will Come to my table and spend spend a lot of time. So,
1: do, do y'all? What time do you guys all want to meet at Craig's house to help him sort through sixty four talks? I mean,
6: let's <laughs> yeah. just come on over. Time yeah. And uh... my kids are in college, so they they've given that wow. up. There,
9: I'm gonna wear pants with like twelve pockets.
6: I'm gonna yeah, you I'm gonna
3: gonna fill
9: say them two all. <laughs> Man,
8: <for> <laughs>
9: hey, we're at the fifty yard line here. It's <clears throat> watch out six months from the national, right? <laughs> Watch yeah. out,
8: Craig. I have us sitting around in our speedos like we're some kind yeah, of yeah, it'd be like uh, with the diamonds or something, be like yeah. New,
9: New Jack City, if you remember that, where they're all in their underwear, yeah. yeah.
8: yeah. Oh, yeah, with by me, the way, like, anyway, that'd be like shoving a quart of jelly in a pint jar for me. <laughs>
1: Craig did offer, just so all you guys know, that since y'all are on this. Celebrating this hundredth episode, he's going to give you guys fifty percent off at his table. Live stream, so
6: I've got that five thousand count box, eighty-eight donors. I'll bring. Let you guys. (laughs) I got. We. I think we all have one of those, man. (laughs) Well, that would be the fifty percent off box for you guys. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Hey, Josh, have you been to? You haven't been to the Burbank show, have you?
5: No, I was traveling last time, but I might see George this weekend. There's a Long Beach show which is mostly coins. What are
0: your thoughts, George? Yeah, we're going to, um, Long Beach Expos three times a year. So my buddy and I are going out there. Um, and I've texted Josh and hopefully I'm going to see him. We're going to have a a couple tables and, uh, it's, it's mostly a coin show. There's some good vintage dealers there though. I mean, there's some high, high end stuff. Um, and then, you know, PSA is there if you want to drop off your cards so that they can give you the treatment on them. Uh, so, uh, I probably will see Josh this weekend. I wish I could see out there to go to Burbank. Uh, but, you know, there's just nothing like going to a show. You know, it's, 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 it's so cool. And, you know, John, you asked will we see each other if it wasn't for the National. I, I mean, I wouldn't have an opportunity probably to meet up with Don in Pittsburgh or, or, or you know, it's, it's hard when it's everything so far, right? right. Uh, I, I, I envy you guys who live in the Northeast and you can go to shows like you have. Those, those, like, I mean, when, you, when I hear it's just a vintage show or 90% vintage show wow, that gets like the juices
9: going, you know? Yeah. I've been to the Vegas show and it's, it's brutal because it, you have to hunt for anything, uh, anything that's older than, you know, from the, from the last millennium, as they say. It's, uh, it's
1: tough, man. What is y'all's besides the national? Go around the room. I'll start with Andy. What's your favorite other show that you've been to? Place and or time?
2: I mean it would have to be the the Dallas card show for me because I mean I think as of right now it's probably the second, you know, second largest show in the country. So I just happen, you know, just like yourself, I happen to be close enough to where that's an easy drive and get to go to. So hopefully I'm I'm looking forward to this Burbank show though. I've I've heard good things. So I'm excited.
1: And it'll be your first trip ever to California. So That'll be pretty that's cool. True.
2: And if it's anything like what everybody around here says, it'll be my last trip. But- <laughs> <laughs>
5: you survived that house in Atlantic City. I mean, that's, that's true.
0: That's
8: true. Oh. <laughs> that he's so going to
9: come home with Atlantic Botox, City, right, though.
5: Right? <laughs> <laughs> I
0: still remember James. We were out picking Jacob from the house that, you know, Mike, you guys were at. and Josh, you were there, right? And JT. Yeah, and there was there was a mattress out front, uh, next door. <laughs> Somebody had flopped down on, and James sat on the mattress kind or of, didn't touch the mattress, but acted like he was sitting on it uh, and uh, looking like he was uh, by. It had him buy in too many too many beers. But that was that was a place, man. Atlantic City in general, boy,
9: yeah, lived uh, up to its reputation, didn't it?
0: Oh, I mean, I mean everybody yeah, was were...
9: warned. Everybody was warned, right?
7: I drove Jake across the state, and I dropped him off at Mike's place first. I was like, oh man. I hope our place is, it's gotta be
9: better
1: than this. Yeah. JT was, JT was scared. Like, you know, he's, he's pretty young. I I said, don't worry, Josh will protect you. Don't worry. Josh has got you. But uh, yeah, we were going to let JT be the first. He was right by the front door. So if anybody came in, JT was getting shot first and you know we would all hear it hear the ruckus and be able to escape out the back but uh how many different types of vinyl tile did that place have in it i just oh,
0: remember yeah. your video showing off the place and i was just cracking me up i'm like oh man we're in fort in atlantic city we Mike we got Sidney. what we paid for
9: What'd you say? Mike's like I got a place right near the convention center, and as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh man, because <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's nothing nice near that place, man. Well,
1: the only good thing about it was it was a six-minute walk to the convention yeah, center, but well, that's about yeah. it. That's where and you the... were
9: walking fast. Don't lie, right? You were. We It was we <laughs> it's a long six minutes. Longest six minutes of your life. <laughs>
1: JT, what's your favorite show that you experienced that you've been to besides the national?
4: It's always a blast to go to the Dallas Card show because it means I get to visit my favorite four-legged friend on YouTube, Norman, uh, as well as John's. So, I mean, that's a good one. There's a show here locally that I'll I'll pick just because I get to go to it more often. It's called Xenia, and it's kind of in the middle of nowhere, but it's a fairly large show. It's probably 150 to 170 tables if you have a good weekend. And what I like about it is what it has vintage there. It's not the stuff that is basically for display only because nobody's walking around with thirty-five thousand dollars to drop on a fifty-two mantle. Like it's cards that you're looking for in reasonable grades at, for the most part, reasonable prices. So that's why I really like that show because it, it seems like anytime I go to some of the big shows because of the overhead that goes into it. I mean. As a dealer, I could I could tell you that you wanna put your best stuff out. Craig knows exactly what I'm talking about too. If you're making a a big trip, you know, you gotta put your best foot forward. But some of these smaller shows sometimes you can get the guys who maybe have some of the cheaper stuff who don't have to pay for hotels and planes and all that. So that's I like those kind of shows as well. But in terms of like overall experience, you gotta at least try the Dallas show once, I would say.
1: Yeah. J- for y'all that don't know, JT is my secret shopper. So when he goes to all these shows and sets up, he's he has my login for my PSA uh, inventory and he can look at it and go, yep, Mike's missing this Johnny Bench or this Lou Brock or this whatever. And he'll work out a deal and he'll send me pictures and like, basically send me, you know, this much money in PayPal and you got these cards. And he's always so great. I mean, that is, I, I do you, do you at least enjoy that a little bit? JT spending other people's money. I mean, truth <laughs> be told,
4: yeah, I get a little bit of uh, satisfaction every time I see Mike Moynihan has sent you XUSD on my PayPal account. <laughs> so I do, I do get the joy of that every single time.
1: Josh, what's your Did favorite this show? Ohio, JT?
4: Yeah, it's uh, by like Dayton. I would say it's not oh, too it's close, over. but it's your probably way.
7: okay.
5: That's a yeah, you're going to have to go down what the mean?
4: back roads to get there. Right. I mean, Josh I
5: got to go the Dallas show too. Uh, Julie's Home Cooking in your, your place, obviously Norman. I do want to check out the uh, – there's a Del Mar show, which is in also California near San Diego, great surf spot. And then if uh, Andy and Mike get hooked on California, you want to come back for the In-N-Out Burger, the Kardashians, the whole oh, yeah. California lifestyle. We might have to go to that in the future too. <laughs>
2: i'm I'm down for the the surfing and the Kardashians.
5: <laughs> you might come back to change man if we see Andy's next video and he's all California out we'll know why
7: <laughs> yeah it it could happen you never know
1: his hair is dyed blonde and you know he's uh
5: With tight he it looks like food
1: it's yeah. <laughs> like food exactly calling everybody bro. <laughs>
8: Be don what about you like eddie murphy
0: yeah
7: <laughs> my list is pretty short since i've really only been to three the national the pittsburgh show and strongsville and um pittsburgh and strongsville do get a lot of the same dealers because it's only two hours apart away from each other but i would have to say the strongsville show just from what i said earlier um the vintage it's it's everywhere and uh You know, like I said, it's not huge, but I agree with John. It's, it's, you know, it's probably more than it was at the Pittsburgh show, even though the Pittsburgh show is physically larger, um, but there was a lot of memorabilia and and modern mixed in. So, uh, and, and I'm fortunate here, you know, I got a couple guys in Pittsburgh, you know, Bob Lewis and Dean and Scott lives really close to Strongsville. So he's always at that show. So that makes it fun, too. As you guys all know, um, especially you, Mike, you know, with everyone coming down to Dallas for you, it's, um, I doubt I would go to those shows by myself, to be honest.
1: Yeah, isn't that an interesting dynamic, which is so, like, the last Dallas show I didn't go to because I didn't really have anybody coming in. You know, the one before that, Dave, Blue Jacket flew down, Josh has flown over once or twice, Josh, I can't remember, just once, maybe. No, twice, twice. Uh, JT's been down here multiple times. Andy, I see him every time. John's been here. So what are the rest of you guys waiting on? Uh, Craig sets up at the Dallas show uh, about every third one or so. Craig, is that about right? Feels like. yeah. yeah. And uh, so but you're right, Don, that ability to I'm going to go hang with. Andy this weekend, or even if you're sick and sleeping under their table, like I did at Andy's <laughs> Right, <school>. Right.
7: <laughs> that um, was weird, but. <laughs>
1: it was weird. Uh, George, what about you? Oh, go ahead, Don, if you want to say something else.
7: I was just going to ask how many YouTubers have stayed at your house. Do you have a count? Uh,
1: I think I'm closing in on 30. Hmm.
7: I think I told you this before, that you need to, you know when they the new Hall of Famers go to the Hall of Fame and they sign that wall? You yep. need to some kind of YouTube wall of everyone that stayed at your house
1: that's Julie's over here laughing she's like (laughs) (laughs)
7: like the living room or the kitchen or your master bedroom Maybe
1: (laughs) (laughs) she would love that would love that
0: Uh, George what about you oh man Um, I think that probably I mean we don't have a lot of access to shows here in Phoenix and I gotta go to California Vegas isn't too far uh, but just like John said, I, I had not heard great things about Vegas in, in, as, a, as a show uh, just because there's so many distractions. But anyway, um, there's a card show here uh, in the fall and the spring called the Arizona State Card Show. And it's the spring is the best time because we, there's a lot of lot of dealers, 250 tables, which is pretty big for here. And then we have spring training going on right then. So, you know, you've got so many teams training within like a 60 mile, 40 mile radius so you can go to, you know, see the Dodgers. You could go to three games in one day if you wanted, if you found, you know, or maybe at least two games. But um, so that's a good time of year because it's in March and the weather is nice. It's not 150 degrees yet. And then, uh, you know, you have got a lot of, show, a lot of cards at these different shows, wide variety. Uh, I do need to come out to see you to go to the Dallas Card Show because that seems to be the one everybody's talking about. And for me, it's it's relatively... You know, it's a thousand miles,
1: but it's still it's two hour plane flight, plane flight. George, I got another incentive for you.
2: I'll make
9: dinner.
1: (laughs) That's a good incentive, George. I know. That's what I've heard. (laughs) Uh, Chris, what about you? And I'm going to do Craig last because his show experience is probably greater than all of ours combined. But uh, Chris, what about you?
8: Well, I don't live in the middle of nowhere, but I can see it from my house. And so <laughs> um, we have they, they have a fairly good-sized show in Kansas City that's about 250 mm-hmm. tables now. Um, and I went to that a couple times last year, but um, they're having some trouble there uh, uh, booking their dates. They're fighting each other for shows. There's two or three shows going on the same day, and that's not working out. But there's an older show in St. Louis has been going on and it's, it's a lot of uh, a lot of vintage stuff and a lot of the lot of, and there's 250 tables and it's called the machinist hall show. But my, my favorite show that I go to is a small one in Columbia. Uh, it's a hundred tables. Uh, the guy that runs it does a really good job. He treats you right. And there's, some guys that's been going to the national since mid nineties, setting up at the national that actually come here. Actually there's three vintage dealers and I love to go the night before because I set up sometimes there and I love to go the night before and look at their stuff and just listen to them talk. Cause it's a, they're a wealth of knowledge, you know, and, and that, that's, that's my favorite show. I mean, it's, it's, it's the best one I go to.
1: Cool uh john i know you've been to a ton because you travel so much you get to go all over i'm very envious of that what are you what are some of your go-to spots
9: well i get to go to a lot of places but mostly i leave disappointed uh at card shops right or at least modern card shops um the philly show will always be my number one and that kind of shaped the way i collected uh i don't Pay the local tax, the local team tax. So I don't collect a lot of Phillies because everything's jacked up. I don't know whether you guys find that everywhere else, but that kind of uh, impacted my collecting. So I don't really collect Phillies, even though that's my team. I'm a Yaz collector. Yaz is expensive everywhere. I don't know, care where you go. But um, so uh, yeah, I, one show that we didn't mention that I, I'm probably, uh, I'm probably two and a half hours away from a Chantilly. That's another one I want to want to get to uh, because it's a, it's an easy drive. So uh, probably Chantilly and uh, Strongsville are on my list. Dallas I've been to a couple of times. It's great, but uh, you know, you got to wade through a lot of shiny stuff before you get to the good stuff. So I would say uh, Chantilly or Strongsville is where I'd like to go next.
1: I went to Chantilly last October. I think a lot of you guys saw me talk about that and, <laughs> It was about what I expected. Um, a lot of people just rave about the show. And honestly, it w- it was good, but I don't know that it was, I'm trying to be as honest as I can. It Like if you can go to the Chantilly show, you should go. But Dallas is just so much bigger. And I think there's as much vintage in Dallas as there is in Chantilly. Chantilly's just so much smaller in terms of number of tables. Um,
9: But wouldn't you prefer that though? Wouldn't you like Philly's a smaller show too in comparison, but if it has, if it's more focused in on what I want, then it's perfect as opposed to having to skip every four tables to get to the one you want to.
1: Right. Great point. There's some, that's a good point. Craig, what's your favorite show to set up at?
6: Of course, besides the national, um, I'd say probably that Nashville show. And I think it's, he's pushing, I think he's got over 600 tables hmm. he's going to have in March. So it's a big one. Um, and You know, that the last show I did there in the fall in Nashville was a good buying. I mean, I had a lot of people that brought me collections and, and were selling cards. <clears throat> so it was a good buying show for me. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of collectors in that area, too. So that was a good show. And then I do that Midwest Monster Show. So in Indianapolis, for me, where I'm at in southern Illinois, either to Nashville or to Indy, it's about a three-hour uh, drive either way in the Midwest monster, I think it's in June. It's a pretty good size show. Also, I think it's four or 500 tables. So in um, those two shows, I've got a pretty good following in, in both both cities because I've done shows there for several years. So, um, and of course, since the nationals is Chicago this year, one thing I heard when I've done the last, you know, several in Chicago, since I'm from Illinois, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of collectors will come and they'll look for a dealer that they'll go down the list and they'll see somebody from Illinois and they'll come by and, and see me, so that helps a little bit there. But uh, I'd say probably the Nashville show. I'm looking forward to that one in March. Um, you know, spring training time and uh, the excitement's getting fired up for for uh, baseball. So um, I'm I'm hoping that's going to be a be a good one. But I need to I need to venture out. You know, you guys are talking about so many shows. You're going out to California, and um, I need to just hop on a plane and go to some of these shows myself, just maybe as a collector to go go check some shows out. So I'd like to do that.
1: It is cool that pretty much any area of the country, you can find a really good show. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, you know, there's this these desert areas where you can't go to a show and experience that. It's it's pretty great that there are these shows all over now and they're all growing. Shows aren't dying, you know, no matter what anybody else says <laughs> out there.
6: Yeah,
1: uh, They're not going anywhere. Will there be as many of them? Maybe, maybe not. But I, there's nothing like, buying a vintage, an awesome vintage card at a, at a show. And, and it, that's not true. There is one thing better buying an awesome vintage card at a show with your buddy to show it to him and share it with him and talk about it and yeah. have you talk, you, talk you out of it. If you need it, um, if you ever need that Andrew Nuff said cards, the card whisperer, always call him if you need advice on a card. But as we finish up here, guys, I just want to say to all of you, Thank you so much for being a part of this journey with me and, you know, congratulations. thank you. All of you have been on different episodes. Thank you, Josh. Um, it's, you know, this hobby isn't anywhere close to as special to me without you guys and so many others out there. They've, even the random person that sends me a message and says, thanks for your podcast. It really means a lot to me. I get a lot out of it. I've learned so much. When people say they've learned something that's like, the best compliment somebody can give me because it means we're providing information that people are hungry for, and you guys are a big part of that. Because I don't, I certainly don't know everything, and neither do any of you guys individually. But collectively, together as a group, we have this amazing amount of knowledge, and that y'all are willing to share that is special. That y'all mm-hmm. are willing to talk about your experiences, good and bad. You know, all of us have have gotten burned every once in a while, and to own that and just admit it and deal with it is awesome. So I just want to tell you guys how special you guys are to me. All the other guests I've had that couldn't be here tonight and uh, to all you listeners and watchers out there for, you know, fueling the fire here. So uh, last word for everybody. We'll start with John at the bottom.
9: Uh, Congrats. And you're just getting started. There's so much to talk about in our end of the the pool. So uh, keep going. It's going to be awesome.
1: Yeah. Chris.
8: Again, congratulations, and I really feel appreciate. I really appreciate you having me on here, and but keep remembering what you're doing. You're doing is good. Uh, what you did was you got a 55 year old guy from middle of nowhere to be able to share his collection with people, and I I think I think just keep up the good work, man. You
0: bet, Giorgio. Well, congratulations, obviously, and thanks for bringing this group together. And I remember when you first came out with uh, the idea for the Golden Age of Card, I said, man, that's a great idea, really. Like, I wish I could, maybe someday I'll be on that show or whatever. <laughs> I'd love to be on that show. And it's like, you know, and now here we all are. Um, but I can remember watching YouTube like five, six, six years ago and seeing sports card videos. But there was kind of an end to it. There was an end point. Where I was like, ah, I wish they had a video about the forty-seven to sixty-six exhibits. I wish somebody did a video about this or that. And now with this, and in and, and, and large part, Mike, due to you uh, and your efforts, and Andy's efforts, and all your guys' efforts, like people are, this is growing. And now you can find all these different videos about if I want to know about Kellogg's or Hostess or, you know, crazy stuff. I, I, I mean, or more oddball stuff than that. You know. Uh, I can I can find that I can I can find you know uh, Hires root beer video with it with with a tab without the tab you know it's so this kind of thing is just amazing and now there is no end to the, to these videos um, and, and there's so many content creators so Mike I think you're a
1: big part of that as well as all you guys on this so thank you guys all so much. Well, shameless plug, John and I did on his show a couple of weeks ago. We did this 1970 Kellogg set. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We talked through that and because it's one of my favorite quirky sets from the seventies and uh, John's show does a great job going through a lot of that stuff. Uh, Josh, last word from you, sir.
5: Yeah. Just piggybacking on what George said. um, There's just, just to compare where we are to maybe five, six years ago It's come so far. Obviously congrats on a hundred. I would like to propose that when you hit a thousand, we do that episode from the house in Atlantic city and get this. Yeah. <laughs>
9: it won't be standing, man. <laughs> out.
5: I'm out,
1: Josh. Andy's Pray. out.
9: Pray,
6: Pray for a hurricane. Greg, what about you? Last word. Yeah. Congrats, Mike. I mean, uh, you know, I think about the shows that I've done and how many people that I've met that, uh, have heard you on your podcast and how you've influenced their, uh, their collecting, um, you know you gave me those cards the that, that that I was handing out uh, a view you know and everybody was excited I mean it really has you've created a lot of excitement in the hobby and uh, I get to see that firsthand a lot of these shows because doing a few of the podcasts I've had so many people come and talk to me and talk about the podcast and how much they enjoy it so you're really touching a lot of people and and it's it's a great thing and I appreciate uh, everything that you're do I know it does it has to take a lot of time and like Josh said, you know, I mean, I look forward to a thousand, you know, a thousand episodes. You know, I mean, the sky's the limit because it's creating a lot of excitement and people are really, really enjoying it. So, you're doing a great job on it.
1: Well, I am glad I live in Texas because down here, you're allowed to touch people, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. it's illegal. Don, what about you? Uh,
7: yeah, Mike. Obviously, congrats, brother. Um, quite an achievement, and and I remember the. First time you asked me to be on, I was literally uh, leaving the Chicago, uh, Nashville, where I just briefly met you, and for the first time, and remembering how excited I was. And I've been on six times now, and five of those times has been with George um,
1: <laughs> that have been on.
7: So <laughs> we're kind of a team. But you know what? What I love about this, and I think our community and the channels I watch is, it's fun. There's no drama on here. No, no one cares about all the other garbage that's out there. We just come on here and talk about cars and have a good time. And, uh, you know, I met Chris because of your show. I went to Craig's booth because I saw him on your show at the National. So it's just uh, you're just spreading the word. And uh, congratulations, man.
1: Thanks. JT. Oh, my son.
4: Dad, I'm proud of you. Um, (laughs) In all seriousness, seriousness, congratulations on 100 episodes. Uh, It's one thing to think of an idea such as thinking up the Golden Age of Cardboard, and I think it takes an entirely different level to execute it and then execute it over the course of 100 episodes. And I'm pretty sure I've listened to about all of them, if not all of them, and... They've never felt forced. It always felt like it was something to talk to. It wasn't put out for the sake of putting out an episode. It's always learned something from it. So I hope everyone out there feels the same way, but have got something special going. Congrats, my friend.
1: Thanks. And that's it. That's all. No, I'm just kidding, Andy.
2: <laughs> so, okay. So everybody's stroked your ego enough. So, I'll just give you one piece of final advice and hopefully Andy, you- I'm trying to watch the game behind you. Could
9: you <laughs> move over a little?
2: <laughs> <laughs> hopefully you'll take this piece of advice going forward. And that is keep collecting.
1: Keep collecting. That's right. Um, I wish I had a way to do some kind of choreographed thing where we all look down at each other and left and right and like some type of uh, Brady bunch thing, but what are you going to do? Uh, there you go. We can all wave bye. Like... Wait, there is nobody on that side. Andy's over here. I'll just...
2: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. Uh, you guys all made, up, made 100 possible because you all participated. And all of you out there made it 100 possible because you participated by watching and listening. So we'll send it off for now. Be back next week with episode 101. I have no idea what it'll be, but it'll be, it'll be great. And we look forward to seeing you there. Have a good night and we can all say it. Keep collecting.